Hello everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Saints of Illinois podcast. My name is Christian, and on the call we have two people whose names are Noah, say hello, and Zach, say hello as well. Hello. Oh, let's try saying hello again. Hello. There we go. Yeah. And today we're going to be talking about something that Noah chose. Go ahead, Noah. Um, so I've been reading a book recently. It's called uh, Words in Genesis uh, by Isaac Asimov, which is coincidentally the same author that I wrote about. Um, but the, the book he has is just a study through the book of Genesis, every single chapter and relating it to the original Hebrew and like phrases we could have got from it, things that might be inspired in today's words, uh, like uh, sayings that might have been used in through it that we wouldn't understand as English speakers, and just a bunch of different things around the language used in the book of Genesis and doing just a, a language study almost. Well, one of the things that he mentions is the oldest copy that we have of the uh, book of Genesis that he says in his book is uh, from Babylonian times. So he believes, and he's, I think he's on kind of the trail of Genesis isn't all correct or it's um, not supposed to be taken literal is what he believes because he says that it was used a lot of Babylonian influence to influence the stories because you see a lot of coincidences. Like you see Noah, um, and then Babylonians had their own version of Noah. Then you also saw with the word um, Elohim. They used, when they said it, the whole word Elohim or the whole word for Lord, God, whatever, whatever you want to put in place there, they, the Jews actually started using the word the Babylonians used to call their God because they forgot their whole entire word because through time the Hebrew language was forgotten, lost, or dropped. And then only recently there was a resurgence of it. But besides that, given, getting to our topic... One of the claims that he has is that the serpent in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis might not actually be Satan himself. Um, and it's, it's an interesting thing to look at because if you read in, Gen- in Genesis chapter 3, it says, And the serpent was cunning above every beast of the field which had which had made Jehovah God. And he said to the woman, Is, is, is it so that has said God... Not you shall eat from any tree of the garden, and the woman to the serpent of the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but of the tree of fruit and evil we may not eat of. Um, and then you notice there they say serpent, serpent, just just the animal serpent talking in a verbal voice. Uh, although yeah. that is an interesting aspect to the serpent, you don't really see much in a way of anything given to the serpent as like an angelic power or anything like that. And we saw that also with the donkey that Balaam was riding on. There was no um, angel occupying that donkey. The donkey could just speak by its, not by itself maybe, but the donkey was speaking of its own accord almost. There was no thing inhabiting its body. It's like a possession type ordeal. Um, so with that in mind, um, I, I bring a few questions to the table. Um, was the snake, can we, is there any proof that we could change the idea that the snake was actually the deceiver himself? Um, how do we know that? And then the word of, the word of the name Satan also is something I want to call into nature. Um, if you look at the word, it literally translates over to the, to the word deceiver, as I've mentioned. Uh, Satan literally means deceiver. And then 
that is very different from any other name, angel name in the whole Bible. If you go through, look at any other ones like Michael or any of the other ones, you can see that they are just the names. There's no name behind them for a glorification or a derogatory term. So uh, those are the two questions I have. Um, so how can we say that the word Satan is pointing to an angel who fell from heaven or anything of that type nature and also the snake? Those are the two I have. And I want to turn to you guys. I, I asked you guys got a few, this a few days ago. So, Well, I uh, have been doing a little research on this topic. Um, and what I found is that in a lot of what people take Satan be the serpent from is Revelation 12.9. Which in Revelation 12.9, um, it refers to the, the dragon who is kind of the who's the Satan figure, right? He's deceiving everybody. He's, you know, against God. He's all those things. But when you look at Revelation, it specifically refers refers back to, um, in, in 9 it says, And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. So it specifically says, the great dragon is the same as that ancient serpent. So I found that pretty convincing, Are like... I mean, okay. I could see how you could say that, but how can we say that that means that he was he was the serpent of old? It's not just a comparison of him to the serpent of old that had persuaded them to eat from the tree. Because we see it says the dragon great, the serpent old, being called devil and Satan, the one deceiving the world whole. I mean, it's just maybe it's a imagery type ordeal that's what i would think when at that point yeah i i do think that's tough although i feel like the other thing that i saw that seemed to suggest to me that it might be that it, it's that why people would interpret it as literal is that you know satan is called the father of lies all the time and the serpent is very is a deceptive character and so there's a sense where you know people would say well that you know his character fits that of satan the other thing is people often look at the prophecy genesis 3 um right after it where they interpret it as a prophecy where it says in genesis 3 14 and 15 it says the lord god said to the serpent because you have done this cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field on your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life i'll put in between between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel now, mm -hmm. I do see how this could be, like, in a sense, this could be, like, oh, well, that's what we're going to do with snakes, right? Like, <laughs> we attack snakes. We step on snakes' heads, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, we get rid of them. But <clears throat> when I was looking at that, it just seems like there's multiple times where um, that's referred back to at different points. So, like, in uh, in Romans 16, 20... Um, uh, Paul says the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. And so kind of he's echoing back to that prophecy. Like anybody who read that would be like, oh, yeah, that's the prophecy. That's what he's referencing back to. And he's specifically talking about Satan there. So that was pretty striking to me as well. But what do, what do, what, what do you say about that, Noah? Well, what I would say is I, I, the, I like how you pointed out the prophecy at the beginning. Um, it... it the prophecy I've heard, I've heard that before as well. I've heard of that being the first prophecy of the coming of Jesus Christ. 
I've heard that I've heard people say that as well, and I have considered over the period of past. And the imagery Paul used, I'm not sure if you could say that's echoing back to it because just stepping on the head could be also just running over someone. I mean, people got ran over back then as they do now, except for today it's on Black Friday instead of chariots inside of a coliseum. Um, difference, difference, but kind of the same, right, guys? And um, that, but. I'm not really sure what to think about it then. Um, I mean, if we can't, I mean, it's just, I have a problem saying that it was just a serpent then because you can't just say the serpent was acting on his own accord doing this and causing for Eve to perchance do it. And so my whole point is, what was, what, what was the serpent? Because the serpents did something to her, but like, what was it like what was special about that serpent and the rest of the serpents that were occupying the world that made it occur and i i can't we can't say it was an angel because the lord gives a, a uh, imagery of it being a literal snake walking on the ground and i don't think we ever have another angel that was in the form of a snake you know no i don't think so either i think that's the only time we specifically see satan in that form actually so you think that Satan took the form of a snake? Uh, I would say either he took the form of a snake or he influenced this. He used his power to influence the snake to do things that were supernatural. Because obviously, I was, talking snakes like that's pretty supernatural. I was thinking about that as well, but then I, but then I also, I you heard my thought of uh, Balaam's donkey. What happened in that story? That's something that I didn't look at before, and I literally thought of it as I was doing this intro. Um, was that donkey underneath a, a influence of an angel? I don't. I don't recall. Um, I think it was, might have been under the influence of God. I'm looking it up right now to check out for sure what it is that he says at that point. Um, Christian, remember yeah, I mean, what while we're on the uh, we're on the topic of like, you know, people like thing, pe- things in the Bible that say they're you know devil, but are well that people think are a devil. But may not be a devil. Like I heard, um, like in Job, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it specifically it doesn't. I don't think it really says. Does it say specifically that uh, it, it is the Satan? And if it does, the the thing, the word Satan means opposer, right? Yes. So, like you know, like one of the questions that sort of sort of was brought up. Um, and the story of Job is like, you know, you know, God can't be in the presence of sin or, well, God hates sin. I guess he could. I, Jesus, Jesus was as a, as a human. He is. I don't know. Actually, I don't, I guess I don't really know the full extent of the theology on that. Um, it's okay. You can st- you can still say it. We'll either um, debate about it and find a, and find a right way about it or whatever. Just keep, keep going, man. So, um, but like basically said, Satan means the opposer, like ha- mm-hmm. Hasatan, as Tim Mackey says. Um, that's right. That's right. Yeah, ha- Hasatan, and it just means the opposer. So, like, it, like, so the the guy that's in heaven, he might not be even be saying he just be, might be someone who asks, you know, God a question, like, hey, you know, this this guy, you know, was so so evil, and so I this guy was so evil excuse me this guy loves you so much but what if we did so, so much did this to him this to him when he still love you um which i mean at the i mean that char- sort of characterization makes him 
seem like the devil, but it's not really proven or it really says right. Like, and that gets my second question that I had is how do we know that every instance that there's use of Satan or or something along those lines? How do we know it's it's a single fallen angel who has a yeah. issue of opponentness? And I'm with you there because because uh, you know Satan means just means opposer. Right. right. So that's that's what the word that's what the root word means in Hebrew. But it then we get like a poser of God, someone who does, is not on the same side as God. But then I had that. Then I I was on the same track here, and I was thinking, what about the New Testament? We we see a single guy though, um, out in the in the wilderness tempting Jesus. We see a singular guy out doing all this stuff, and it's 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 very drast. Yeah. So to go back to kind of wrap up our first point a little bit more and then get back to the second one in the first point though i I looked up the balaam passage it specifically says right here um okay yeah and balaam's anger was kindled he struck the donkey with his staff then the lord opened the mouth of the donkey and she said to balaam what have i done to you that you have struck me these three times so i guess if you take it the way of like well spiritual beings can influence people right like you know demons can take possession of somebody you know god can God's spirit can work in people, right? So, like that mm-hmm. whole angle, then that maybe sheds some light on Genesis and that how the serpent could have been taken over. I don't know. That was a thought we, I had. Oh, oh man, I'm gonna say something risky. So, with that in mind, uh, the Lord was the one who permitted the donkey to open its mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same, in the similar sense of maybe Job, do you think the Lord permitted Satan to open the snake's mouth? That is a wow. That's just a whole can of worms right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've thought about that before too. Like, because then it begs the question: like, okay, you know, when did the fall of Satan and the demons happen? Right? Because clearly that had to happen before this. So, sin in some form had already entered the world, right? Like in the spiritual mm-hmm. realm, sin had entered the world. So, you know, you have to look at that. So it does seem like God. You know, we believe God's sovereign over everything. So somehow His free will of giving satan the free will to do some things and then god's control kind of holding back evil you know those both things both have to be present i don't know how that worked Hmm. yeah i guess we won't that's one of the questions we had so if do we want to continue to the second one like we me and christian were for a bit there uh sure yeah i had some thoughts on that too i think you're right though about that singular person thing because i really (laughs) noticed that when i was studying it too is that like several different times so like in ephesians he's called the prince of the power of the air well it's one person right right? second corinthians 4 it's like the god of this world has blinded their eyes like okay that's the god of this world that's one kind of leader i don't know so it seems like it is pointing to a singular person so maybe it's the thing where like in the old testament they didn't understand fully what satan was so god kind of revealed like part of it to them and said hey there's someone out there who's against you but then kind of in the New Testament, it kind of reveals it a little further, like, hey, it is one singular person, here's how it works kind of thing. I'm looking at the uh, works in the, uh, in the New Testament, the word that we have translated as devil, and it's um, a traducer, a specifically specifically Satan, comparing to, and then it goes back to the Hebrew word. So I don't know what traducer means, because I'm not a history major. Um, <laughs> okay, well, what I've seen is that it means uh, it's another word for deceiver. Yeah, so um, do we want to, like, the prince of deceiver, 
could they be talking instead of a person as as an ideal? Well, yeah, that's that's the other thing. There is is it an allegorical kind of like person you know, out there? There's accuser, you know. Mm-hmm. There's some kind of accusing force out there that they turn into a person. Yeah. yeah. So as far as the allegory angle, yeah, I was wondering about that too. Um, one angle I thought that I started wondering is okay, like accuser. Does that mean like you know within yourself, right? Like. The Satan comes from within yourself, right? The accuser comes from like your sin, your flesh accuses you. You know, your sin goes against. And you, I right? thought about that as well, but then I was then I started thinking about what about the days when Jesus was in the wilderness? Um, he was tempted by by the devil. Was he tempted by his flesh? His own flesh was trying to tempt him towards those ways. Uh, was he tempted by something else? What I mean, what could we say then? Yeah, that was kind of an interesting one, too, because I think there is a way to say, well, maybe that is like his flesh. He resisted it, right? I mean, Satan never mm-hmm. got into him. Maybe right. it was the sinful part of him. So I think that verse doesn't necessarily get rid of the theory. I will say, though, that, like, for example, in Second Corinthians 12, when Paul says, you know, a thorn in my flesh was sent to give to me a messenger of Satan to harass me. And it's like, well... The thorn sir seems like it was something outside of Paul, like the messenger of Satan to harass him, right? I mean, that seems more likely what was to be that something at? from an outside force. What was that, Zach? Second uh, Corinthians 12. Second Corinthians 12. Uh, what verse do you know? Uh, 7. Second Corinthians 12, 7. And that's where I was looking at. Because remember, that's the famous one where he says... The thorns of my side, and then afterwards he says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So he specifically says, you know, he he gets a thorn in his flesh. And like as in we've we've people have often interpreted it as like maybe blindness or maybe, you know, a speech impediment or maybe like even demon possession, but it appears like it comes from somewhere else. It's a messenger of Satan. I don't know. Hmm. That's an interesting one. I, I, I don't know why I'd have to look at that one more. Because a few thoughts come to my mind of a messenger of Satan. Well, if we're all about the whole meaning of that, do we want to say uh, it was a portion of his flesh that was giving him a thorn, like a sickness? Like you mentioned, like a blindness, a physical, uh, a body impairment was thrown at him. And he could be using Satan as Maybe a... Maybe he like, literally had a thorn in his flesh. He could have. He could have. He could have just stepped in a thing. He just of roses, couldn't get know? it out. He, he. It was in his big toe. He couldn't you reach it. Ever, you know. Oh man. You guys ever have the um the um the um, um I'm blanking right now. Like you touch a piece of wood, like you rub your finger across it, and it gets stuck in your finger. Splinter. Hey, you your splinter can't get it out. Oh my lord. Maybe that's what he had. Yeah, we yeah. just had a splinter in his in the bottom of his foot, and he just couldn't get it out. And you got to take the knife and dig in there. Oof. Oof. Yeah. You know, what he, he was he, he played with the Lord three times, and you know, he said, "My grace is sufficient." You know, <laughs> like you're gonna blow that thorn. <laughs> What's you know, what he was when he was making his tents. You know, he got a tent peg. You know, he right. rubbed it along there and got you know got the splinter. Yeah, there it is. There it is, folks. That's the answer to the question. That's it. Moving on. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, anyway, I just thought that was an interesting passage because it kind of it, it is takes another angle on it. 
it does take another angle. It makes you think about it because a messenger of Satan could be uh, a thorn in the flesh. So if, if we if we could say a physical or a, um, a, f- a fleshly health and capability like blindness, um, a, a hurt foot, broken foot, broken arm, anything like that, a mm-hmm. messenger of Satan. So then a messenger of the outward deceiver, inward deceiver, same thing deceiver. I mean, that's what the question comes to is what was the message, where where'd the message come from? Yeah, so as I was looking at it more, uh, a couple other passages came up. Um, so in 1 Peter 5, 8, uh, it talks about um, the devil as a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour, you know, proudly to see who he may devour. So there's a sense of, yeah, it says right here, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, right. seeking someone to devour. So that seems a little more like your adversary, like, you know, everybody. He's talking to a whole church. So to me, it seemed a little more like, it seems hard to take that as a just your flesh. It seems like it's one person kind of going from person to person kind of thing. But when they were writing the churches, they were addressing uh, groups of false preachers. I mean, if we remember in Timothy, when we did our guys group study on it, Paul addressed, there will be groups among you coming in to falsely teach. Could that have been who Peter's talking to, or is he talking about something else? Well, considering how devil is typically used throughout the New Testament, I would think it's more in line with like Ephesians, you know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities, you know, prince, the principalities, you know, powers in this present age. So kind of the idea of, you know, it seems like often we're talking about spiritual powers and there is a dimension behind these false teachers that's motivating mm-hmm. them. Okay. So, so you're going to get to the point of, in, in this, in this conversation, you're saying we're going to get to the point of that there is a, external force that is causing these people to act this way or be tempted toward towards acting this way that might be a better way of saying it yeah i think that would be a better way of saying it like they have some responsibility themselves like it says you know resist resist the devil and he will flee from you so there's a sense where you have the power but yet satan is tempting them and they're giving mm-hmm. into that power when they mm-hmm. do these kind of things mm-hmm I could see. I, I could very. I could barely see. Uh, right now, at this point, I can see both sides as being possibles, possibilities. Yeah. No. I think that. I think that's true. I do think, though, the the the. For me, I look at all the evidence, and it seems to suggest more the literal devil figure kind of thing to me, right. just from what the evidence I see. False teachers, and like. You know, like you know, influence from the devil. Like, have you ever looked at Kenneth Copeland? He just, that man. <laughs> that man just looks like he's possessed by the devil. He looks like the Grim <laughs> Goblin. I, know. I mean, like, have you, you know, like, he watches <laughs> interviews and he just like goes from like happy, like smiley dude to like evil, like evil, Green like. Goblin. Oh, how did you? Say? I can't believe you said that. Sort have of you thing. seen like, the picture of them comparing the green of him to Green Goblin off of Spider Man, like the old Spider Man movies? No, I haven't. Yikes. Oh, I mean, come on. I mean, like, if you're going to say, like, someone's demon-possessed, I mean, you look at, just look at Kenneth Copeland. I mean, he looks like, he looks like he could be (laughs) demon-possessed. I mean, you look, I mean, like, I, you know, I have trouble looking, I mean, his eyes are creepy, man. He's got some creepy eyes. 
<laughs> That's right. I think yeah, it's in the eyes, you know. <laughs> Let's go to his church. It's not like you need, it's not like you need to have a conversation with them, Christian. Yeah, I mean, he well, he, he got rid of coronavirus. He blew it out. He blew it out. Yeah, of the he, he blew out coronavirus using the wind, using the wind of God. See, that's that's scary. The way he like preaches with God and yet then lives completely different. It's just that it's it's kind of disturbing. It is. It's it's very disturbing how he can um, how people still like. They, I don't know. I listen to what I, I don't know what word I want to say here. How they could listen to him and just entirely believe what he says without yeah. checking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely just the way that the the spiritual forces do have some influence in over people, clearly, just the way they handle things. And like, as we saw in Jesus' time, you know, he, literally people were demon possessed and mm-hmm. he was casting out the demons, you know, and, you know, there was spiritual powers that, first of all, he had more authority than them. But mm-hmm. also, they were they existed. But yeah, so I just always I like I really like Colossians too. Talks about the whole like that Jesus triumphed over the rulers and authorities. Like mm-hmm. he gave his followers power over them, and he you know kind of took away their power just through his mm-hmm. through what he did. So that was cool. The other thing I wanted to say, Noah, is you'll like this. There's a couple of fun Old Testament passages that I found that some people have interpreted as metaphors for Satan, but mm-hmm. I was just looking at them and what I was thinking about them. So the one is Isaiah 14. You brought that up to me at one where, it's sure the, I have. where, where uh, Lucifer comes from. Oh yeah. 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 It's the Prince of Babylon actually. Yeah. But it says, Oh, you fallen, you know, day star and like mm-hmm. more or morning star and morning. A star lot of people. I was trying to find that for the life of me. I looked through all my study of hell notes. I looked through all my notes, trying to find that single, <laughs> verse i couldn't find it to save my life so i'm glad you found it <laughs> yeah i did and when i read it i was like i mean i can see how you interpret you could interpret this as satan but i feel mm-hmm. like that's a stretch because most of the passage before and after really is talking about the physical it is. it's just talking like that that whole entire context of it you get to that whole point of context versus um metaphorical and it would be really weird if he's talking of babylon just breaks out and goes right to a a story of the past that had happened years ago before that would have occurred. Yeah, I agree. And so what I kind of saw it is I wondered if it was like an echo, like saying, just like Satan, you know, tried to take the place of God and was thrown down. You know, you're basically copying Satan. by what You're, you're getting doing. the fan fiction there. Yeah. So <laughs> you're getting to the apocrypha of fan fiction there that we don't know about much that I can't find yet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was thinking that it seems like they're kind of not like you know, they're kind of like he's saying just like Satan you're kind of doing what you, what people always want to do is take the place of God because there's another passage in Ezekiel 28 that is basically the same thing it's about this, this one's about the king of Tyre and like literally there's like four chapters on the king of Tyre but that's in the midst of all these other combinations of Edom and Sidon and all these other enemies and then Israel itself so it's kind of like right in the middle of all these other condemnations that some people have interpreted that as, you know, him falling. I, I still think it's just a copy of it. I don't know. I don't. I, the words, the the there, what's really what's really weird about the one you point out in Isaiah, is that is the only time in the whole Bible we see the word Lucifer used. That exact word for Lucifer used. We don't see another one used a single time like that for that. So at some point somebody changed that and said that meant Satan. At some point somebody did. 
I'm bound yeah, about so, certain of that, but I can't prove that. Well, I would say I would guess so. I would guess that at some point, subscribe is like, hey, rather than translating that to Morning Star, we're just going to leave that as Lucifer because we're pretty sure it's Satan. But I think there's definitely room for debate on, like, as I've said, I think there's a lot of room for debate about what that is. But I, I, I think there's positions on both sides that would say, you know, that have some validity. And so mm-hmm. someone just said, hey, let's choose that position. And I don't know. that's what we're going to switch the word to. I don't know. That stuff's scary, man. You get you get into those types of arguments about those types of things. You get to a lot of stuff, and it's just like, oof. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You kind of go all over the place. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. But, um. So we're about the twenty-eight minute mark. Guys, uh, are there any final points or anything somebody'd like to make or anything? Um. Or anything else we need to go over about it? So I guess what I kind of took away from our conversation here is just the idea that. You know, Satan, it seems like he is a singular person and probably an outside force that that does it. And the, the most we could say is, the least we could say is that there are spiritual forces outside of us that mm-hmm. are trying to influence us. We know that, that for are, a fact. Yeah. We can't we say that. that. And we do know that um, Christ also gives us power over them because he showed in his life that he had complete power over them. And we also know that in the end, they will all be defeated. Um, mm-hmm. because God is more powerful than them. And so You're right. they're, you know, they have a limited amount of time. They still have influence in this world today, but eventually they won't and they will be defeated. So that kind of is how I felt about the conversation and kind of feel like wraps That's, up kind of the idea, main ideas of what we said. I don't know. What do you think, Noah? I, uh, Christian, do you have anything? No, I don't. No, I think that was a pretty good conversation. <laughs> uh, I don't have much more. Um, I, I can see both sides of the argument, though right now I will admit that I am skeptical on there being a singular being that we can describe as the opposer. Hmm. I'm, I'm well, iffy on that. We could continue this conversation another day, Noah. Yeah, yeah we can. <laughs> well, um, we always do. <laughs> um, this has been the Saints of Knowing. Um, we hope to, within the next few weeks, be able to do another in-person, to, to start doing in-person sessions again, so our audio quality may worsen. Um, we will see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we will hope to be doing that, so we'll be doing more discussion-type things, maybe more debate-type things in the future. Um, thank you for joining us. Um, this has been the Saints of Knowing podcast.